Podcast Answer Man, episode number 159. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today we're going to answer the question, is Libsyn going to automatically start inserting ads into the front of your podcast? Hmm, the world wants to know. Brent Green called in. He's going to ask about uh, recording audio into two tracks when doing an interview. Tony D is going to share the decision he made regarding possibly either adding a new podcast or making the decision to add that exist the additional new content into the same rss feed as is as his current existing podcast Uh, we're also going to cover this week uh sean's thoughts on last week's episode and and kind of what he's been thinking as related as a result of uh talking with uh, Dr. Joseph Valenzi last week in uh, episode 158, how podcasting can be great for businesses. And by the way, uh, I would certainly suggest if you're brand new to Podcast Answer Man, you must go back. You would got to go back. And that's a reference for anybody who's a lost fan. But anyway, you must go back to episode 158. It is a must listen. Probably one of the one of actually, I think it's my favorite episode of Podcast Answer Man to date because of the insights that come out of it related to business and podcasting, uh, especially with the geographic uh, focus. And then, of course, we're going to get a call uh, to wrap things up here today from Walter. And he's got a a question or some comments related to blogging and podcasting in a way that's a little different. So um, we're going to cover all of those kind of things today. And I just want to say, man, I, I tell you, I love podcasting. I have just been inundated with a a whole onslaught of even more brand new consulting and coaching clients. Um, Every, every week I'm just, I'm just blown away by the passion of people to share their, their wisdom, their knowledge, their, their passion, their, their, their purpose through the medium of audio podcasting. And you know, I, I've, I, I've, I'm actually working with a lot of businesses right now. Uh, I'm working with an IT company that supports uh, a, a, a really a, a well, I guess maybe even a global, or if not global, at least a, a very large uh, U.S.-based organization. I, I'm not going to say any names because that that just wouldn't be professional to share that. But uh, I'm working with some pretty interesting folks, uh, and and I, it's it's just amazing to see the number of people that not only see the value in podcasting, but actually get it as far as, and when I say people that get it, people that get how to become successful in podcasting. And of course, my philosophy on how to be successful in podcasting is to be in this for the right motives. Uh, You know, obviously, as a business, you certainly have a desire to use this as a marketing outlet, as a desire to help generate some brand awareness and help to generate possibly some additional sales or bringing on new clients. I mean, there's no question that that we have as, as business owners get entering into podcasting that we have some of those desires and there's nothing wrong with that. However, I want to say where the true success comes in and I've never seen anybody fail when they actually come in with the idea of what I want to give back. 
and, and to give back to the community, to give back to the world, to give freely of some of the things that I'm blessed with and to just give for the benefit of other people's lives. I, I want to I have an outlet where if I'm going to spend some time giving free advice, free information, things that are going to be beneficial to other people's lives, um, and, and to do that in a way that I'm not going to charge them for it because, you know, obviously I make money other ways, but, uh, this podcast is a great way for me to kind of channel all the requests for free information and, and have an outlet where I can give freely of myself. And, and for the folks who immediately come to me and say, Hey Cliff, I want to hire you as my consultant because I want to create a, uh, a premium content only network. And, and I have this great idea for a podcast and I think I can make lots of money by getting people to buy the episodes. And, 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 you know, when people, I've had a handful of people that come to me with that. And to be honest with you, they're not my favorite people to work with because I'm really, I really enjoy working with people who have a lot of the same philosophy as I do as, as the, the idea that this, the podcasting is really a tool for building relationships not building, you know, not, not putting money in your wallet. I believe over time, the money in your wallet and, and all the other stuff that goes along with it. I think that that comes with time, but, but you know what? It's not necessarily the podcast that generates the income that I make from my podcast. It's the relationships that I make, uh, that, that really generate the income. So, so it's the fact that I freely give of myself and I freely, uh, matter of fact, I had one of my clients this week, one of my brand new clients said, I, I asked him, I said, you know, how did you find me and what made you decide to give me a call? And he says, listen, I, I did a lot of searching. I read some books and, and I just got so burned out by all the conflicting information. I looked at your site and you're got, you're obviously somebody who's doing what I want to do. Um, and, and he sit there because, you know, the, what really impressed me is the fact that, man, on your website, you've got diagrams. You obviously have, there are some things on your site you've literally spent hours putting together and it's available to me for free. Uh, you, you have blog posts about the JK audio answered questions. I didn't even know I needed to ask, but uh, man, I'm so glad you brought it out and you gave it to me for free. You didn't charge me for it. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden I start listening to a couple of your episodes and, and dude, you don't hold anything back. When people ask you a question, you do your best to give them the full answer. It's like immediately what that did is it told me, number one, you're a genuine person of integrity and, and that you obviously are blessed in such a way that you, you have the opportunity to give freely. And, and I, and they say, I love that about you. And, and I decided, you know what, I need your help. And sure I could. And, and this client even said, you know what, I probably could go back and listen to the most recent 157, 158 episodes that you've produced and probably answer all of my questions without even needing to hire you. But here's the deal. I've got my own life. I've got my own business. And, and to be honest with you, I'm a creative person and I just need somebody to help me get this thing off the ground. And so that's why I'm hiring you. That's why I'm paying you 150 bucks an hour. That's why I trust you enough to spend two or three thousand dollars for equipment to get the best equipment out there. Uh, and, and and it's like, and that's what I deal with on a weekly basis. So, and 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 here's the deal: those clients, they get it. They understand why they made the decision to purchase from me, and they said, you know what? I sense that there's a lot of things that I can offer value in my area of expertise. And I want to do what you've done. I want to give freely. I want to, to, to give and to, I want to build relationships and I want to have this, this onslaught of information out here that, that where people can actually, 
you know, before they even pick up the phone to call me, they already know that they want to do business with me because that's how I felt when I did, when I gave, when I actually set out to contact you to hire you as a consultant. I already knew without any hesitation, you didn't have to, you didn't have to say anything. I knew I wanted to do business with you. And I love that my clients are getting that. And, and I've, I've got, I'm just, unfortunately, I'm at the point now where it's like, man, I, I wish I had more hours in the day. Now, here's the situation. Very soon, I am going to have more hours in the day. And let me explain to you how. If you haven't heard about it yet, I want to encourage anybody and everybody who is listening to Podcast Answer Man, you should go listen to virtualassistantpodcast.com. Virtualassistantpodcast.com. Uh, of course, I mentioned this a while back, uh, letting you guys know that I, I was going to launch a, a podcast about my journey and having a virtual assistant. And I told you guys that I really wasn't interested in launching it as its own podcast unless I could have a sponsor. And I even told you that I was interested really in only one sponsor. I, I wasn't even looking for you know a sponsor. I was looking for one particular sponsor, which happens to be the firm where I used to that I used to hire my own virtual assistant. And I actually even had a minimum dollar amount that I wanted to earn as far as monthly income, which by the way is enough to pay for my mortgage every month. All right. Now that's not absolutely completely necessary because I've had. Family from the Heart, which has Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com, slash GSPN. Oh, you know what? Remind me to bring that up. Daniel, you're in the chat room. After I finish talking about Virtual Assistant Podcast, remind me to talk about Mardell's website, if you don't mind. So here's the deal. So I went to um, Mardell.com, and and they've already, they've been my sponsor for two and a, well, going on two and a half years now, taking care of the mortgage every month. But I wanted to make at least that amount of money with the virtual assistant podcast. I went to them, sold them on the idea, signed them up as a sponsor and launched this podcast. Let me tell you my friends, my my virtual assistant is amazing. Having a virtual assistant has changed my life. It has radically changed my business. I have a lot more free time at during the evening. I have a lot more free time on the weekends. And, and, and it's only getting better. It's only getting better. Now, the thing is, every single time I, I work with her, I actually give her more and more stuff and I'm trusting her with more and more things. And, and that's going extremely well. But the, fa- the thing is, is I hired her and I'm, I've got her on retainer for 20 hours per month. And it never fails. The last week of the month, I'm always run. I, I've pretty much ran out of the number of hours that I have left. It's like I start Monday and I have... Um, I start Monday and and I have like, you know, 45 minutes left for that week. And I'm like, ah, and so Thursday, you know, instead of going over there for some crazy reason, instead of going over and just paying for the overage, which is, you know, only I think it's like 20 bucks an hour, 19 bucks an hour, something like that. But anyway, instead of paying for over, I end up on Thursday just posting my own podcast episodes, which I don't know why I do that. Not really smart, but, you know, I did it anyway. But anyway, I'm getting ready to you know, either in June or July, I'm going to be increasing the number of hours that I use my virtual assistant from 20 hours a month, either up to 30 hours a month or 40 hours a month. And and I tell you what, I can't wait. I can't wait because I have an entire list of things that I want to share. But anyway, how does that apply with podcasting? It applies with podcasting because I know a large percent of my, percentage of my audience out there, you guys are small business owners. You and, and, and those of you who are small business owners who are listening to this podcast, who are also my clients, 
I know personally just how crazy your life is and just how crazy your schedule is. And and we share a lot of those same things in common. And I know so many of my clients that I work with on a weekly basis. You guys could all benefit by having a really great virtual assistant. And 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 I just want to speak real quickly here. And I know this isn't the virtual assistant podcast, but that's okay. Uh, but for those of you who are who are listening to this, and you can and you're saying to yourself right now, and I and I can hear it because I was there. Um, I can't afford a virtual assistant. You know, if I had, wow, if I could just pay somebody, you know, twenty bucks an hour to to do things for me, uh, that'd be great. But man, I'm looking, you know, I charge 20 bucks an hour. I charge 50 bucks an hour. And 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 I'm still looking for business for people to pay me. So how, am I, how do I pay other people? And totally, I get that. I get that. The, the number one thing is find a way to actually do things that earn you more money than just 20 or 30 bucks an hour. And then do your best to build up that business and then however many hours you can do that on average, let's just say you you get to the point where 10 hours a week, you've gotten to where you can, you know, you're making 80 bucks an hour, 10 hours a week. Well, then what I would do is 10 hours a week, I'd hire a virtual assistant for 20 bucks an hour and you're still making 60 bucks an hour, uh, you know, overall. You, you see where I'm coming from? And so uh, it just trust me, it works out. And, 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 incur- and you know what, if you have questions, if you have questions, thoughts. You, you've got a lot of questions about this whole virtual assistant thing. I really encourage you to check out virtualassistantpodcast.com. All right. So Mardell.com, you know, talking about, you know, having a sponsor and stuff like that. Folks, I really, really want to encourage you to check this out. Go to Mardell.com. That's M-A-R-D-E-L.com slash G-S-P-N. I'm not kidding. This is the coolest thing in the world. All right. This is the company's main website. But if you go to mardell.com slash gspn, they actually took the branding from my own website and created a custom page with featured products that my wife and I mention on our show so that people can easily go to mardell.com slash gspn and they just click on a link that takes them right to the place on their site where they can purchase those items. There's a bit, you know, a little bit of white text at the top that says, make sure that you use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart to save 10% on your order. There's a little button in the right-hand corner at the bottom that says the same thing. Not only that, but this is a Mardell.com website. This is my sponsor's website. And they also have a little blurb about who Cliff and Stephanie are. And they have links on their site back to my site. How awesome is that? They have a they have a they have links back to my own website from my sponsor's website. So that, my friends, is I'm just really excited about it. And again, um, that is Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com slash GSPN. All right. So here's the big topic of the day. And and by the way, give me one second. I'm actually going to do slash GSPN. I'm updating my show notes as I'm talking, so I make sure that I put the link to that in the show notes for podcast answer man episode number 159 and i'm going to move that up to the top because it's among the first things that i mentioned here of course you guys know me i try to do everything live to hard drive and and try to not have as much work after to do i do these shows as possible so all right so that that takes care of the mardell.com and and uh talking about sponsorships did i have another question hmm. oh just just how cool it is to have companies out there that get it. Okay, I remember talking about that now. All right, moving along. 
Libsyn. Is Libsyn automatically going to insert ads into your shows? Now, for those of you who are not using Libsyn to host your media files, you don't need to worry about this. So you can just uh, tune out, you know, try to forward ahead until I talk about something else. But I know a lot of you in the podcast answer man community, you guys are indeed using Libsyn. Many of you. Matter of fact, I'd have to guess that maybe 50, 60, maybe even 70% if I had to guess. Uh, And I know my audience pretty well. But I'd say somewhere between 50 to 70% of my audience is using Libsyn as their media host. Well, my good friend, Father Roderick, emailed me earlier this week, and I think he was about ready to have a heart attack uh, or not. I mean, he's actually he's pretty healthy now. So but anyway, he, he, he definitely was very concerned and he sent me a link. Um, he sent me a copy of an email that he had sent, sent. And I found this, by the way, over at uh, the Libsyn forum. And I read this and let me read to you what this says. It says, according to another thread, this email was sent to those being migrated to Libsyn 3. All right. Libsyn 3 is the new service. My All of my accounts got switched over to Libsyn 3 a couple of weeks ago. I podcasted a, about that um, a couple of weeks back. And um, in fact, if you want to know more about the Libsyn 3 conversion and at least my experiences with it, go back to episode 157 of Podcast Answer Man. Anyway, uh, so so basically this email was supposedly being sent to those who were just migrated over to Libsyn 3. It says this, thank you for choosing Libsyn.com to host your podcast. This email is to inform you that as of May 1st, you may start hearing or seeing pre and or post roll bumpers for Libsyn.com on your episodes. These will be stitched in automatically on our end. The pre-roll bumper will typically be, this podcast is hosted by Libsyn.com. With the post-roll bumper typically being, this podcast is hosted on Libsyn.com, the world's greatest podcast hosting service. If you are looking for a podcast hosting, or if you are looking for podcast hosting, please go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. These bumpers will be produced on our end. However, if you would like the option of recording this bumper in your own voice, please let me know and we can arrange for your bumpers to be placed before and after your episodes. We would need those bumpers sent to us no later than April 29th. All right. So obviously, for those of you who are who are still on the old Lipson servers and you're getting ready to transition or you're waiting just for that that final announcement, that comes in from Lipson saying you're moved over to the Lipson 3 service. You 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 hear this and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh my gosh. What are they doing?" And I was I I'll be honest with you, I was really concerned. Uh Father Roderick sent me this email and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I need to I need to look into this." Well, I was looking around, browsed around, looked into I, I'm a part of the Podcasters Yahoo group. And one of the things that I noticed is that somebody they were there's a thread in there that they were talking about this and somebody I think his name is Cian it's C I A N and then by the way if I am mispronouncing that name I'm very sorry but anyway I'm just going to say Cian anyway it says here um, I just got word back from Rob Walsh at Wizard about the email that was sent it says this and so this is from Rob Walsh from uh, Libsyn.com. And this is what he wrote to CN. He says, hi, CN. Per the post on the forums, 
those emails were sent to a very small number of shows that are commercial in nature and had extremely large audience and in the past rebuffed all attempts to share in their costs. Libsyn.com was created for the independent producer. Some marketing companies, including one from a major shoe company, are taking advantage of our unlimited bandwidth. Again, Libsyn.com is here for the independent producers. For those commercial uh, podcasts with large audiences, we have Libsyn Pro. If they do not want to go, if, if if they do not want to work with us, let's see, let's see here, Lipson Pro. If they do not want to work with us, I I'm not sure what that means anyway. Uh, if they do not want to move to Lipson Pro, then these shows were given an option to help share in their extra cost. This does not affect 99.7 percent of the shows on our network. It was only sent to a couple handful of shows. Your show will not be contacted about this. This move was taken for the benefit of 99.7% of producers that use Lipson.com as it was intended. Best wishes, Rob Walsh. So um, anyway, uh, and and of course, uh, Daniel in our chat room saying taking advantage of our unlimited bandwidth seems illogical if if it's unlimited. Then how can it be abused if they're within the within the terms well that's a good question and i'm sure that that's exactly what uh lipson has been facing with some of these companies now here's the deal though i mean okay let's just say and and, and i totally get this i really do i know that lipson.com was intended for the independent producer you know somebody like well most of you who are listening to podcast answer man and myself i mean now i'm probably one of the folks at the upper end of the independent producer scale but uh, I'm telling you, I've been transitioned over to Libsyn 3 and I've not received this email and I don't I don't suspect that I will. But here's the situation. If you are, were a major corporation and you were to launch a podcast and that podcast was to get, let's just say, you know, one and a half million downloads per month and you release an episode of your podcast at least once a week, I can certainly see how even though um, you know, technically speaking, they do offer unlimited bandwidth, you know, and since your podcast and the way that the, the way that Libsyn works is it's the amount of space that you use on their high speed server. So let's just say it's one episode a month. So technically speaking, you could get by, let's just say on the $12 a month plan, you get a $12 a month plan and you ha- you're able to upload your weekly podcast with, you know, at 12 bucks a month and all of a sudden you're delivering one and a half million downloads of that file, I can certainly see how, yeah, that that is a little bit, that that, is, that borderlines on taking advantage of, of the situation. And it certainly goes against. The only thing I, I wish for Lipson is that they become a little bit more clear with those companies when they're signing up that they, that they actually do in the terms of service. And by the way, they may have, I, I, I'd never, honestly, I never read the terms of service, but anyway, maybe in the terms of service, it does say that we're here for the independent producer and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. Here's what I do know is for 99.7% of the people who are using Lipson, who are now on Lipson three or are about to be moved over to Lipson three for 99.7% of you it is absolutely no cons- nothing to be concerned about. They are not going to put these ads in front of your show. 
And, uh, you know, the, the, here's the deal for, you know, for those companies. And, and I, I thought to myself, what would I do? What was my response going to be if I got this email? My response would be number one, one of two things. You know, if, if you're concerned about the man, amount of bandwidth that I'm using, then dude, give me an option to pay you more. But do not ever automatically insert a pre-roll ad and, an, and, a, and a post-roll ad during my podcasts. My friends, that would be absolutely horrendous. I would not stand for that. I'll pay more money if I have to, but but I do not want anything thrown in the front or the end of my show. In fact, it is the main reason that I have gone to Libsyn. You know, there are a ton. There are a ton. Well, okay, not a ton. There are several. Let me let me that that is correctly phrased. There are several other hosting solutions out there available to us all where we can get free unlimited bandwidth, unlimited hosting, and yes, they will put pre-roll and post-roll ads in front of your show. It, it's it's all over the place. But I have been using Lipson because it's a place where I could pay a, a, I think, a reasonable monthly fee. And by the way, I actually now, I used to have three, three of the accounts and now I only have, um, I have two. But uh, but um, I have two accounts and I pay the maximum. I pay $60 a month for two accounts now. And I used to have three of them, but I found that I didn't need three of them anymore. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, paying a, I'm paying a reasonable amount for the amount of stuff that I'm using. And, uh, but no, I would definitely not, I would not be down with, uh, with the, um, with the, with the pre, pre-roll and post-roll ads. Now for those companies who are, Doing this, um, boy, I don't know how I'd feel about being the only people selected out of all of the clients. If I was only 0.7%, uh, but nobody else has to do this, but I do, Ooh, I don't know. If, I don't know what the business decision there is and, and how that's going to affect them. I'm really, I, I am eager to continue to follow this story and to, if it develops into a story. Because, you know, Libsyn, as you guys know, I, I well, or some of you maybe not, don't know this. I have more than 2,100 podcast episodes online, my friends. Uh, and if I have to actually ever move away from Libsyn to something else, either they go out of business or they decide that, you know, hey, I do need to pay more and, and, and I no longer feel like it's a reasonable cost when there's other alternatives. Well, um, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't ever want to have to move 2,100 episodes. It just doesn't sound like fun to me. So with that being said, I want to say to folks, number one, 99.7. Actually, I would say probably, I would say um, probably 100% of those listening to Podcast Answer Man have absolutely nothing to worry about. Uh, and I think it's probably only the big corporations, absolutely huge for the corporations out there uh, that are using this and really taking advantage of the unlimited at a, an extremely ridiculously low cost, where obviously the cost to Libsyn it far exceeds the amount of monthly income they're paying. And even the fact that there are many of uh, many podcasters out there who are paying, let's say, t- t- 12 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month, 60 bucks, whatever, who are not even coming close to what they're being billed from Amazon. I know that they make money on on those who don't use it. But here's the thing. I love Libsyn. 
and I love their service. I have since the day it was I first found out about it. They have always been there for me every single time. Very little downtime and they're very responsive to support questions and I'll tell you what, they've been around forever and I want them to financially succeed moving forward. And so so for those of you who are concerned, Libsyn's probably not going to automatically insert ads into your podcasts, but I'll keep an eye on it. If you know anything further, uh, give me a call. If, by the way, uh, Rob, I don't know if you listen to Podcast Answer Man. Um, I know I've been covering you guys quite a bit, but uh, if anybody there at um, Wizard Media or Libsyn listens to podcast answer man hears about it and comes and listens to this episode uh give me a give me a call or send me an email head to podcastanswerman.com my phone number and email address on the top right hand corner of my website i'd love to talk to you about bringing you on to the show because i i do i love your company and uh and and i wouldn't mind bringing you on to let you talk some things out here about some of these decisions that you're facing and stuff like that all right. Um, so um, Dave Dufour is in our chat room. He says, what's the upside of maybe of pre-roll or post-roll ads? Is there anything? Uh, and Andy in the chat room says, uh, nothing for the podcaster. Um, and and I would have to probably agree with that. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that they're, they're considering doing any kind of advertising and they're certainly not talking about... Um, ad revenue ad revenue sharing now they do have other things related to ads and ad revenue sharing and stuff like that you could certainly talk to them about it but really the i think the what we're talking about with this email that was posted in the forum that was sent to those individuals the the benefit is 100% on the side of um of Libsyn uh and maybe for those 0.7 produ- you know percent of the producers on the regular Libsyn 3 account um, I would say that the benefit for those people of running the ads is that, you know, Lipson's going to let them stay on that super, che- super, 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 super cheap monthly plan and still deliver out their, you know, millions of downloads every month. And th- the benefit to them is that they get to keep stay on that smaller plan. But it's still, to be honest with you, I really don't like the idea. You know what? I have no problem mentioning Lipson here on Podcast Answer Man, but I certainly don't want to mention Lipson.com on any of my other podcasts. It, it, it's, it doesn't fit my audience, and that bugs me. So anyway, I, I would imagine that, that uh, I think we haven't heard the end of this. All right, so... Anyway, Brent Green has called in and has a question about recording uh, interviews and such on two different tracks. This is what his question is. Hi, this is Brent Green calling in for the podcast Answer Man. Hey, Cliff. Hey, just a quick question for you here. I heard some feedback. Well, not feedback, but some input from somebody the other day saying, hey, when you're doing a recording like an interview, you should record that on two tracks. So if one level is higher than the other, you can edit those without a lot of problems. So, um, And if I understand you right, I think you record those on the same track. I'm not completely sure, but just wanted to get your input on this. For example, when I'm doing Skype interviews, the way I do it is I try to adjust those input levels to get it between 6 and 12 on my Edderall and adjust the mixer so that I don't have to go back and edit very often. But I'd really kind of like the option sometimes to have them on separate tracks so I can go amplify an entire, like my guest's 
amplify his voice or her voice whole interview. Just wanted to get your opinion on that. Hey, thanks for what you do. Love the uh, equipment set up that you've got set up for us and love how you've helped us with your or with our design strategy, our social media strategy at uh, pursuingmeaningfulwork.com. Thanks, Cliff. Bye. All right, Brent, thank you so much for the call and my pleasure to help you out. I love working with clients like Brent who get it and uh, are, are what I will say, like very, uh, very much like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk will say, uh, who are crushing it. And, and I really believe that uh, Brent's on that path and uh, doing a great job over at pursuing a meaning, pursuing meaningful work.com. Anyway, Brent, the, the answer to your question. Now, first and foremost, I want to tell you, you asked for my opinion on dual track, you know, or recording on multiple tracks during interviews versus recording to a single track. Uh, so I'm going to give you my uh, I'm going to give you my personal feeling about it. I would only do the separate chat tracks in the event that I actually like doing post-production and I don't, I hate post-production. I record way too many podcasts to do post-production. If I had to do post-production on any of the shows that I recorded today and I would, I guarantee you those things would, you know, half of them probably would never make it onto the RSS feed. That's because of how much I do. Now, if you love post-production, uh, and for example, uh, Dave DeFore is in the chat room. And he says he loves post-production, sometimes too much. Well, if you love post-production, then there's no doubt that you should be recording to two separate tracks. The only thing is it gets a little crazy. Uh, I don't like to record a podcast in two tracks and putting the caller in the left ear and, the, and my caller in the right ear. Now, there are ways I would assume that you could probably... Uh, do some things to you where you can actually monitor it so that it actually does play through both ears and, and all that other stuff. But anyway, here, here's what I do. Um, obviously, the benefit of recording your interviewee on Skype and yourself on the left channel and yourself on the right channel, um, the, the benefits are exactly what you're talking about. You can go in and you can anytime there's static or barking in the background on the Skype channel, you know, while you were talking Anything that happened in that audio while you were talking and the person on, on Skype was not talking, you can go in and, and, and silence that portion of the track. So if they coughed or sneezed right in the middle of you saying something, there's no chance that that has to make it into the episode. You can take that right out. Absolute benefit, no doubt whatsoever. Now, the other thing is, is that you do have the ability to control the audio tracks. You can, I mean, you can match those things perfectly. But let me tell you something. I will tell you, I do interview after interview after interview after interview after interview after interview. I've done lots of interviews and I always record them on one single stereo track. Uh, same, same amount of audio goes to the left channel as the right channel. The person coming in on Skype. Now, I actually decided that I wanted to kind of like, for example, you know, the static on the phone lines. You know, instead of having to go in in post-production and, and recording the phone interviewee or the Skype interviewee in a separate track, track and then highlighting all the places where they weren't talking and I was on their track and making all that static silent, I don't want to go through all of that. So what I did is I got a gate. I got a compressor limiter gate that allows me to actually tell it, say, listen, you know, that static is at negative 30 decibels. But the, when the person talking, they're at negative 12 decibels. So I just say, listen, anything under negative 15 decibels, don't ever let any audio through. Make it completely silent. 
so that, you know, when I actually open up the phone line and I'm talking, the person on the phone's not talking, there is no static coming through because the gate is keeping it back. Now, when the person on the phone actually does talk, their voice is louder than that preset level, and therefore their, their, their voice opens the gate, comes through, and as soon as they stop talking, the gate closes and shuts out all that static. So that's how I keep any static from coming through. Now, the other thing is about audio levels. Now, first and foremost, I do not record into a computer. I, n- I haven't done that for, well, it's been more than 2,000 episodes that I've recorded the way that I record it now. And I bring all of the audio into my mixer, uh, including Skype, including telephone calls, including my voice, everything. All the audio clips for the beginning and the end of the shows, all of it comes into my mixer and it all goes into my digital audio recorder. And what I do is I put my digital audio recorder in standby mode before every episode. And when I do that, I'm looking at the display, which has a nice VMU meter. It shows me the volume levels that are coming into my recorder. And I know for a fact that I always want to be hitting somewhere between 12 and 6 when I talk on the microphone. And so when you guys are watching me live and you see, you see, hear me, see me and hear me going, check, 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 one, two, check, one, two. I'm looking down at the Adderall to see, make sure that my levels when I talk in my microphone are between 12 and 6. Then I say, Stephanie, can you give me an audio check? And she never fails. She always, check one, two, check one, two. And of course, she's not hitting between 12 and six. But I have to assume that, you know what? I've done this enough. I know that when she starts talking in the podcast, she talks louder. I'll adjust her audio when she comes there. Then what I do is when we get somebody on the phone, you know, before I bring them in, you know, I, I actually check the audio levels. I ask them to say something for me so I can check their audio levels. I make sure that all sources of audio are hitting at the same exact place on the VMU meter on my digital audio recorder. So if I'm between 12 and 6, Stephanie, my co-host is between 12 and 6, and my interviewee is between 12 and 6, guess what? I never have a problem where audio is higher in some places and lower in others. And not to mention the fact that not only does my compressor limiter gate gate out static, but I also have the limiter functionality of my uh, compressor limiter gate, which basically I say, listen, no matter how loud the other person gets, never let their audio peak. Never let their audio go above negative three decibels. So for example, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to, Hey everybody, you know, I just screamed really loud, but you know what happened is my audio did not peak and it didn't go all crazy and it did not go above negative three decibels. And the reason it didn't is because I was able to, my, my compressor limiter gate limited my audio. It compressed it down. It says, whoa, that's too loud. Let me turn down the volume or turn down the gain for a second. And then as soon as I stopped yelling, it immediately went back up to normal. So yeah, I record everything live to hard drive. And as long as my audio levels are set perfectly, uh, that's fine. There are the occasions when I'm recording in doing a sound check. And, and for example, let's just say if Stephanie does check one, two, check one, two, and I get her just right. And then we start the podcast and I look down and it's like, whoa, you're, you're a little too loud there. So what I do is I actually, while she's talking, I grab her slider and I just bring it down to make sure that when she's talking, she's between 12 and six completely. That's how I do it. I, and then of course I, I avoid all post-production. So those are my thoughts on that, sir. 
All right, Tony D called in. Uh, remember, he was actually thinking about launching a brand new podcast. He got so excited about podcasting over at oneextraordinarymarriage.com and encourage you guys to go check it out. But anyway, um, he was he was he's doing really great. He's got this podcast with his wife, Elisa. The, the two of them are doing a, just a fantastic bang job of of really building community and really helping marriages uh, out there in the world. And he got he's they got the podcasting bug. And so he was thinking about possibly launching a new podcast. And he wanted my opinion on, you know, when do you, when should you launch it? And, you know, do you do you set up a whole different site? Do you set up a whole nother thing? And I had suggested that don't I mean, if the audience is the same, the content may be slightly different, the format slightly different. But if the audience, if the intended target audience is exactly the same as your current show, why not just make that a feature of your of your RSS feed? And this is what Tony came back with. So I'm going to click the button now. Cliff, Tony DeLorenzo with One Extraordinary Marriage. Hey, just got done listening to episode 155 and 156. Thank you very much for all of your advice and for Justin Lucas Savage there giving his opinion as well. I did check out and have been listening to his coachradio.tv and uh, love the format. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to just start some new podcasts and use the same RSS feed. Thanks again, Cliff, for all you do with Podcast Answer Man. Take care and God bless. Man, I tell you, I'm excited to hear that, Tony. And I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna enjoy the fact that you don't have to manage a whole new feed. And I think you're gonna get, you know, this new content that you're gonna release in that same feed. It's gonna have much more traction than than uh, you know the the number of people who subscribe to that are going to, number one, be the same number of people who subscribe to the regular podcast. But I guarantee if you would have, if you would have created it as a secondary RSS feed, it, you would only have a percentage of your regular subscribers who would also go in and subscribe to the other content. Uh, and so I'm glad to hear that you made that decision. All right, Sean has some thoughts about last week's podcast. And uh, here's what Sean had to say. Cliff, this is Sean Roberts from SeanJRoberts.com, and I am calling with a comment on Podcast Answer Man number 158, where you had the interview with Dr. Joseph Valenzi. I thought the interview was excellent. Uh, Dr. Valenzi is a guy that I would use if I could, if I, if I was in that area. I like his approach to things, and he seems like a decent guy. You're answering a question that I had, too, and that's, the geographic question. I, I'm an attorney. I'm licensed to practice only in Oklahoma. I can do some things outside of Oklahoma, but but 99% of my clients come from Oklahoma. And I know that with podcasting, with working through my website and Twitter and other online things, I'm going to reach people outside of Oklahoma, which is fine. And I still want to try to add some value for those people. But it's nice to hear Dr. Valenzi doing well with his podcast and his new media strategy also. I've also had some question in my mind about whether someone who's in what would traditionally be called a profession, and I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy about that term, but like law, accounting, medicine, what their um, success might be using this type of thing. But I'm I'm starting to blog regularly, and I've already used a lot of the sites. And so I, I appreciate the content you put out, and I really liked this interview. Keep up the good work. All right. Thank you so much, Sean. And I'm glad that you found that episode help, helpful. Again, that was episode 158 of Podcast Answer Man titled, How Podcasting Can Be Great for Businesses, Even 
if your business is one that primarily all your clients are geographically located pretty much in your own hometown. All right, so one last bit of feedback question here. And by the way, let me just take a second to say thank you first and foremost for subscribing to the podcast. And I want to say thank you to everybody who calls in these questions. Um, you know, this is my outlet for giving away free advice, and I do it every single week. This is episode, what, 159 now. Uh, so uh, almost 159 hours worth of free advice that I love to give here. Uh, the thing that this all depends on is you submitting your questions. And if you have questions for Podcast Answer Man, the only way that I do them on this show is... Uh, is audio feedback. And that is the phone number to do that is 859-795-4067. I I can't really spend all day long. I I get, do you guys know I get between anywhere between 40 to 100 plus emails per day? Um, And by the way, for those of you who are listening, uh, the the actual uh, subject line of an email, uh, the, the the subject line quick question I get about 15 to 25 of those a day. So just so you know, there in in my life these days, there is no such thing as a quick question because there's 20 to 30 of them uh, in my inbox right now that came in since this morning that people are hoping that I'll just hit response and, and be able to give them the quick answer that they need. Honestly, Podcast Answer Man really, really is the only place I can I can give away a lot of this free information. Um, the waiting list on getting your question into this episode right now is probably about two weeks behind um, because I, I do have enough in here for at least another two weeks uh, in a show kind of featured length like this one. So, um, you know, it's not too it's not too long. If you do have a quick question about podcasting, you and here's the other thing. The real benefit of me giving away this information here in the podcast is the fact that not only do you benefit from the answer, but by you benefit by me giving you the answer here in podcast answer, man, it literally benefits hundreds of other podcasters, hundreds of other podcasters. And so it is. It is something that is the way that I do things here. The voicemail feedback hotline is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The phone number is 859-795-4067. Again, the phone number is 859-795-4067. Give me a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just say, hey, this is so-and-so from wherever you're from. And this is a question for the podcast answer man and let her loose. All right. So let's move right along to Walter, who has the last question of the week. Hey, Cliff. Uh, my name is Walter. And uh, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I was listening to some of your old podcasts. I actually went back to episode one where you were talking about your high PR 40 and you jokingly did a little movie trailer at the time talking about this guy named Cliff who wanted to do podcasting full-time. And actually, in that episode, you announced that you were really only at that time trying to do it part-time. And I think that you kind of let out a little Freudian slip of what your true dream was. And and I just wanted to call and say congratulations on uh, living the movie now. So um, I'm sure you remember that at this point, but I just want to give you that encouragement today. Uh, secondly, I do have a quick question. Um, I, I listen to your podcast, Podcast Instagram, and a number of uh, new media podcasts that are out there and blogs, etc. I hear a lot about starting with a podcast and using a blog for show notes 
or blogging in between podcasts, so having podcasts with particular content and then articles with other content. I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I started a blog, but I'm interested in podcasting. So the easiest thing to do would be to separate my content and do some as audio and some as a blog. I'm thinking about doing sort of parallel content where I write a blog and then I do a podcast on that exact same content, maybe even uh, days later or a week later after people have been able to leave comments and then I can have a little more interaction that way. So um, I'm not sure if that would be double work if you've seen anything like that and then something that's really parallel using the same subjects, same titles, but one is a blog, one's a podcast. Not sure if I see that out there. Usually it's the opposite. It's a podcast that has almost that information in a blog format, but more of a more of show notes than a, than a true blog, like true writing style. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, you can let me know, and uh, you can give me a call back at this number, or well, uh, you can email uh, me at in. I'm not going to give you the phone number. Anyway, I'm going to uh, go ahead and stop that. I didn't want to... That, 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 again, is one of those folks that wanted the uh, you wanted me to personally respond. But here I am responding uh, to your question there, Walter. Um, and the answer, by the way, that I'll give you is that there are some people out there that do something similar to what you're doing, similar to what, you, what you're thinking of. Um, for example, if you go to, I think it's growingagreenerworld.com, which, by the way, that site's massively under a lot of change right now. Uh, they're they're really uh, doing some some things, getting ready for a, a major rebranding. Uh, let me see what it looks like right now. Growingagreenerworld.com. Pulling it up right now. It looks like uh, there it goes. Okay, so it is currently still the same. So what? Let me tell you what Joe Lample has been doing. He actually writes out an entire script of his entire podcast. Now, normally, I really caution against completely scripting out your show and reading it. Now, some people, however, can do this. They can they can literally pull this off. Joe was one of those guys. Joe is a guy where you can you can tell that he's reading from the script because if you go to his website and click play on the flash player button, then you start reading the show notes. You'll see that it's word for word. Everything that he said in his podcast is in the blog. So he actually writes out his script ahead of time, then reads it into his podcast. And so, uh, in essence, it's, it's a blog, it's a fully written out blog post, but it's also recorded in audio. So for those who really love to read things and they don't have, they don't feel like they have enough time for audio because they can read much faster than they could listen to it. So those folks, they read the blog, uh, you know, the, they read, yeah, they read the transcript or the blog, if you will. Uh, and for those of us who, you know, don't like to read a whole lot, um, whenever they can avoid it, that's the greatest, uh, but have lots of time to listen to audio on a treadmill or in the car or wherever we, we pull the audio down and listen to it. So that's very similar to what you're talking about there, except that you added a new flavor to this, uh, you know, and, and I like what you're saying. So the idea here is that you write the entire blog and then what you do is you kind of let people comment on it. You kind of let it simmer with your audience. And as people comment on it and you interact with them and have conversations back and forth, then you record a podcast episode about that particular topic. Now, this is very similar to pretty much most of the podcasts that I do. 
um, in, in a certain way, because what we do is we will oftentimes announce uh, that, hey, next week we're going to talk about XYZ topic. You know, send us your feedback. You know, here's a there's a place in the forum for you to have conversation about this. You can get you can send us an email to feedback at gspn.tv or you can call in the listener hotline. Leave all your stuff related to this. And then all of a sudden we come that next week, record and actually do involve all of the community interaction into the show. Uh, we certainly do that with the Lost podcast on the weekends. We we certainly do that. We do what, what we do is we do an initial reaction podcast, and we give our thoughts, and then we ask the community to respond to not only us but the TV show that that you know from their perspective, and and then we see all the interaction going on in the forum, and we get phone calls, and we play that into the weekend show. So it's a lot of it. I don't know that you know. I think I think you should try it out, and uh, you should definitely uh, see how it works out. Um, and, and let us know if you decide to do it that way, let us know how it works. Let me know how you, how well it works out getting the interaction. And, uh, I would imagine that if you started involving a lot of the people in the community, their feedback and stuff like that, it could potentially add, you know, have a a greater, uh, number of those who would be engaged and actually listen to the audio content as well. Here's my only concern for you though. If I were one of your blog subscribers, and I read the entire blog and then all of a sudden in the audio form, all you you actually read the entire blog again and then shared the community feedback. I don't think I would be interested in it. I don't because th- I would actually have to stop reading your blog because I don't want to he- I don't want to consume the same content two times. So that that would be a concern for me personally. This is just my own personal opinion, my own personal preference. I I would not want to read the entire blog and then listen to the entire blog again. Um, At the same time, the other problem I might foresee here would be if, for example, let's just say you decide, okay, I'm not going to do the blog, but all of a sudden you're going to do all the interaction and community stuff that came out as a result of the blog post. And then all of a sudden I'm subscribing to your podcast, but I'm not really the type of person that likes to subscribe and read to a lot of blogs. So listening to your podcast, I'm not really getting the full context of everything you wrote about in your blog. And really the only way to get that is to go to your blog and read it and then listen. And at that point, you pretty much now again, this is just me. You may have lost me as a subscriber. And this happens all the time with uh, audio podcasters who move to video. Um, anytime somebody goes from being an audio on only podcast who starts releasing their content as a video also, and then all of a sudden they start referring to everything they're showing on the screen on their video. As soon as that starts happening, I I unsubscribe from their podcast because I'm not going to go get their video and I'm not going to go back and watch it again. At this point, I feel like I'm not getting the full benefit of everything you have to share. And so therefore, you know, if I have to actually consume that in other ways that are not convenient to me, then then I don't subscribe. Those are just my thoughts. But again, this is just me personally. All right. So um, anyway, those are my thoughts. You asked for them and those are what they are. Anyway, again, thank you, everybody, uh, for subscribing to the Podcast Answer Man. Please tell somebody else today about PodcastAnswerMan.com. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for consulting or coaching in the area of podcasting, uh, please uh, give me a call or send me an email. Again, phone number and email address, right-hand side, top of the page at podcastanswerman.com. I'll probably be back next week like I am each and every week with more 
answers to your questions. God bless you all. 859-795-4067. Until next time, join the community. Join the community.